In this episode, you're going to learn how to be more confident when you negotiate, why negotiation is not a closing technique, and how to remove the emotion from the process. Welcome back to another episode of the How to Sell podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi. And as always, I'm grateful that you've decided to show up for what will be a very interesting episode because we're going to be talking about the tactic of negotiation. But before we jump in, just want to say, if you're a long-time listener, thank you very much for showing up and being part of our community. We value having you part of our community. Um, and if you're a first-time listener, thank you. We hope you wait, take away some tactical insight that will help you sell more. And this week, we have a really interesting episode. As I said, we are going to be talking about the art of negotiation. And Maybe during this episode, Dave, our host mm. can help me negotiate getting you off the podcast so I can I'll take this podcast <laughs> back. One, I am uh, appalled that you said that, Louis. It's uh, <laughs> the two, if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you know how much of an a hole Louis is. So this is probably no shock to you uh, that, that he brought this up. And he couldn't bring up about uh, Chelsea because we won and we we're in uh, the finals. So, Louis, uh, oh, did you, thanks, did mate. Did you guys actually win a game? That's fantastic. So well, it's, it's not like about you and I. It's not about you and I. We've got Brian on the call. So let's uh, let's bring in Brian, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> yeah, well, welcome, Brian, um, to the How to Sell podcast. We're really excited to have you on. David and Luigi, I appreciate you having me. Uh, this is going to be fun. How to Sell podcast. I saw this title when I saw it come across my desk. I was like, now that's a cool <laughs> podcast. I, I like that name. And by the way, Luigi, you know, you can do amazing things with technology. David would not even know he was <laughs> just like, just click a button and <laughs> then double teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're, we're pumped to have you. I mean, you're on the, the Forbes Business Council. You've written a number of books. Um, you've been around. You live in the great state where our good friend, Victor Antonio, and I'm going to make sure you and Victor get to talk because we love Victor and everything that he's about. Um, but yeah, look, we're really excited to have you on because I think that the negotiation topic is one which is often misunderstood. And, you know, I think sometimes people think that negotiation is about, I need to win, you need to lose. But, you know, having been in sales my whole career, um, I find that it's not a good feeling when, you know, I've been on the receiving end of somebody's won, I've lost, or I, I walk away feeling <laughs> a bit, you know what, I don't, I'm not feeling good about what's just happened. So, uh, you know, yep. really happy, really excited to jump into this topic. So, Brian, can you just maybe before we jump into it, just give us a bit of a an understanding of why negotiation? Like what's motivated you and prompted you to focus on the psychology of negotiation? You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's an old adage, you've probably heard this, but when a man with experience meets a man with money, the man with money will get an experience and the man with the experience will probably end up with the money. <laughs> That's right? good. And I tell people all the time when, when, and when you're learning sales and negotiation that you need to get good at it if you're going to be in business mm -hmm. or in sales. Because if you're not and you come up against somebody who is good at sales and negotiation, they're going to give you an experience. Mm -hmm. They're going to they're take you for a ride and they're going to feel just like you told me that you, know, you don't feel good about it because somebody was yeah. better at it than you. This is why I tell people either learn how to do it, 
learn how to get good at it or bring somebody else mm. in to your organization who is good at it, who can help you before somebody takes advantage of you. So it's, it's a critical. I wish I heard yeah. that uh, saying about 10 years ago because literally <laughs> been through something exactly what you just said then, Brian. So uh, <laughs> I just had a flashback and a bit of cold chills when you mentioned that. I'm like, oh, that's so true. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think what's interesting, right, is, and I'd love to get your input on this, um, the emotion side of things, because I think sometimes you go into a negotiation with a particular view or an objective, but then as you Mm -hmm. enter that, all of a sudden the emotion starts to drive the way you behave in the process. And, And then at some point, I know that I've been there where I've gone in expecting one thing emotion has driven me to do certain things or say certain things and then I finish the process and think to myself, why did I go down that path? And then I'm a bit regretful for some of the actions that I took. Um, This is human psychology and it's so funny and this is why auctions work so well, (laughs) right? They say in an auction, people will tend to bid 10 to 20% more than something's worth because of the emotion evolved in trying to beat somebody else out to get something that you may or not even want, but you're going to be, you're willing to pay more for it just because of the emotion of being in the, in the, uh, in the moment. Mm. And we call this the fear of missing out mm. or the fear of loss. Yeah. Right. And that fear of loss can be used, uh, aggressively as, uh, or defensively in any negotiation. Mm. And that's why I tell people you got to keep your emotions in check whenever you're in a, in a negotiation, uh, environment, because if you don't, that emotion will drive you to either pay more than you should mm. or take less than you could. Yeah. Right. So one of, one of the other examples I use is, and I got this off of a Richard Branson book. Um, he, he always says, Hey, if your first offer doesn't insult them, you've offered too much. <laughs> and the genesis of that statement is that any good negotiator is more than likely going to say no to the first thing you offer. Think about any negotiation you've ever been in. If it's a negotiation by nature, you are negotiating, right? Yeah. So your first shot across the bow is going to be a no. Well, if the first shot across the bow is going to get a no from the other side, then you either need to offer less if you're selling or ask for more if you're buying because we know we're in this negotiation yeah. uh, environment. And then you have to keep your emotion out of it and and not have that fear of loss. Always be willing to mm. walk away. Always be willing to, to find another deal. I, I always say deals are a dime a dozen. If this one doesn't work, that's fine with me. I'll find another one that's just as good or better down the road. It's people that get too wrapped up in that, that emotion and that fear of loss and this is the only deal out there. I'm so in love mm. with it. I have to have it. Those are the people that either get taken advantage of or, you know, yeah. sell things for less than they could because, you know, they just want to bail out. So is, is that the core of the of the, the negotiation <clears throat> process is that the fear of missing out is what drives people during that process? The fear of missing out will drive people to either get something they don't necessarily need or sell something for less than they could mm-hmm. get it for. Now, I always, when I, when I talk negotiation, I'm always big on background research, knowing everything about the product and even more so about the buyer or the seller so that I know what leverage I've got in that negotiation. And the same applies to the other side. They should be finding out everything they can about me on whatever side of the negotiation I'm on. And, and an easy example I use is a guy that was selling a restaurant six or seven years ago and he offered the restaurant for hundred thousand dollars. Right. And I went into this negotiation and in doing my due diligence, I found out that he had taken a job and he was moving in a month. Mm. 
And I also found out that he had to re-sign a new lease for this space in 30 days or he was going to lose the space. I also found out the franchisor needed him to sign a new agreement. Well, when I knew all three of those pieces of information combined, I knew that if he didn't sell it to me, he was going to get mm. nothing because he only had 30 days to do a deal and he was gone. Mm. So when we went to the final negotiating table, I mean, I hate to bring this back up, uh, Luigi, but I went from 100000 to zero and offered him nothing because I knew he was in a position where he didn't have any other choice. Yeah. At the end of the day, I ended up buying it for $10,000 plus inventory and 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 whatnot, his his lease, his deposit. Because I knew if he didn't do it for me, he wouldn't even get the 10000 yeah. He wouldn't get his lease money back and he wouldn't get his deposit, right? So negotiation is all about understanding who you're dealing with, staying out of the emotional environment, doing all your background research, and then coming in strong. Yeah. So I'd like to ask there, Brian, about like the emotion part because it's easy to say, hard to hard to do. You know, what... Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any sort of tactics, advice on how to remove the emotion from negotiation, especially because it could be quite a personal one. It could be a life-changing, you know, you're doing an exit within a business, which, you know, you've experienced three uh, yourself. So yep. any tactics you can share there? So, and I'll give you a quick example. Again, our second company we sold, they offered us $50 million. We went up to Boston, sat at their conference room table for this PE firm, and at the last minute, they said, we're only going to give you $40 million. Now, they expected these couple of hicks down here from Alpharetta, Georgia, to take the $40 because that's a ton of money, mm. right? But at, in that moment, I was sitting with my partner, and I looked at him, and I said, no, we're not going to take that. And they were stunned, and they spent 30 minutes trying to talk us into taking the $40 million instead of the 50 they'd originally offered us. And when we left, my partner was like, I can't believe you turned down $40 million. And I said, don't worry about it. They've already done all the research. They've done all the due diligence. We have all the information. We'll just go shop it to somebody else. Mm. Our worst case scenario, worst case, we can go back to them in a month and they'll give us $40 million. Our best case is we can take this someplace else and get a better deal. Yeah. Six weeks later, we sold it for eight. <laughs> oh, wow. So we got $40 million more on the deal. Now, I say that because people either think emotionally or they think intellectually all the time right? Every decision you make is either emotional or intellectual. And sometimes when you're in those situations, you have to stop and ask yourself this question. And this is the big one right here. If you can stop and ask your question before you're about to pull the trigger, is this an emotional decision or an intellectual decision? And stop yourself from making the emotional mm. decision, then you'll be better off the majority of the time, right? Because how many times you yeah. make a decision uh, when you could have said, wait a minute, does this really make sense? I mean, intellectually, this doesn't make sense. I shouldn't do this. And you walk away. That's so true. It's almost like when you're angry, not to respond immediately, yeah. sleep on that email. Yes, exactly. Uh, think about it a little bit more. In the heat of the moment, though, when it's live. Because it's yeah, emotional. And you're in a boardroom. And yeah. You've got a lot of money. And life changing money. You just want to strike. Right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, I'm well, assuming, it's would come with a lot of practice, right? To just be cognitive to say, hang on a second. No, I'm not accepting this. Mm. Um and then yes. your co-founder stressing, he probably lost a few hairs as soon as you said that and trying to remain calm and keep a straight face <laughs> and then freaking out as you left the room. <laughs> two two opposites, yeah? So you're very so, yin and yang. So it's funny. We, we went back to the other, the VC company six weeks later and we sat at their table and, and they said, well, what is it going to take? And I said, well, we had an offer of 50. We turned down 40. So we're not taking less than that for sure. In fact, we think it's worth more. And they said, well, what if we give you 50 plus 30 on the back end? And I was like, mm. there you go. 
And we left that, and my, my partner never says anything in the meetings. We get in the cab, and we're driving to the airport. He looks over, and he goes, oh, that was <laughs> I told <Yeah>. you. <laughs> but what are they, you know, the, the, the thing that I love, you know, when it comes to that emotion component is around that 92% of decisions are made with emotion, and then we justify it with logic, right? So I think what I'm, yes. what I'm taking away from what you shared is try to really disconnect the emotion from the logical side of things and do it quite quickly so that you're not making decisions in that emotional state. Um, but Brian, I just want to go back a step, right, to that to that negotiation of the restaurant. Um, how did he react when you offered zero? Well, he was shocked, yeah. of course, right? So I knew I held all the cards. He was sitting across from me. The broker was sitting to my right. Yeah. And I said, I got to be honest, uh, I'm not going to give you $100,000. My offer is zero. I'll give you your deposit back and I'll buy your inventory. And then as we as we all should know in negotiation, once you've thrown the gauntlet down, the next person to talk loses. Mm. And so we just sat there and stared at each other. And after about a minute, he goes, well, I can't take zero. And as soon as he said that, I was like, I, I, I own this guy. <sighs> yeah. And I said, okay, well, I can't offer you 100. So to be very honest with you, let's settle on like 10. And then we ended up talking for 20 more minutes and he settled on 10 because I knew he had no place yeah. else to go. So can I provide a different perspective? What if sure. you're sitting here listening and thinking, hey, Brian, that's super ruthless, right? Mm -hmm. um, why can't there be a situation where he wins and you win because he's obviously put some sweat, effort, time into his business? You know, why couldn't there be a time where he gets a bit more? So in my scenario, he did win. Okay. He got out of a franchise agreement that would lock him in for 10 years. Yeah. He got out of a lease that had a five-year personal guarantee. He got out of a business with essentially about $35,000 of cash that he wasn't going to get otherwise. If he did not do the deal with me, there was no time left. That business would have completely folded yeah. and he would have got nothing and he would have had to clean up the scraps at the end of the day. So from that perspective, mm. he did get something out of it. Yeah. But from my perspective, I mean – very honestly, if it comes down to my family or his, my family is going to take precedence in that. Yeah. And I did the best deal that I could get for my family and didn't completely kill him on the way out. I love that. And I'll tell you why I love that. Because at first, you know, I'm thinking, man, Brian, you're, you're, you're brutal, right? But then now that, you've, <laughs> now that you've actually mentioned that, you are right. You are absolutely right. Those The perspective from, from his side of, what he's actually, because you, you know, you are right. When it comes to franchise agreements, when it comes to all those things, there's a lot of, and the fact that he was able to walk away without any of that stress, mm. that in itself has a value to it, right? So I love the way that you've just explained that because now I'm seeing it personally from a different perspective. And by the way, he, he's still my friend. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody the other day told me, yeah, I was having lunch with Mike uh, and this was like, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago. And he was talking about what a great business person you are and how, you know, how that deal. So, you know, he's still my friend. Yeah. So that, that, that tells yeah, you something. That's great. Fantastic. So if we can just jump from your book, right, what's probably, and we'll make sure that we put the link to your book in our show notes for our audience. Um, what's, you know, one of the key takeaways that will help our audience negotiate like more effectively? So I talk about in my book, and the title is The Psychology of Sales yep. and Negotiation, right? Because sales and negotiation is really all about the psychology of what the other person is thinking 
mm. and how the other person is reacting mm. to the things you're saying and the things you're doing. And if you understand how they're thinking and how they're reacting, it allows you to be a better negotiator on your side. And the argument uh, I always use is if you were doing or saying to you what you're doing or saying to them, mm. how would you react? And if you know how you would react and if it's negative, then the next thing you need to figure out is how do I overcome my own negative reaction? Because if I can overcome my own negative reaction, then I can figure out how to overcome their negative reaction yeah. to move the deal forward. So this is all about what everybody else is, everybody's thinking, what they're thinking, what I'm thinking, what I'm doing, how they're reacting. And we call this, we call this overcoming objections before, before the person has them. If I can overcome your objection before you have it, and I do this through talking and questions yep. and background information. If I can overcome your objections before you have them, then I don't have to deal with them later on in the sales process. And that is really the key to master sales. That's awesome. So what you're doing is you're essentially preparing beforehand to understand what are the barriers sure. that could come up. And then you're tailoring mm -hmm. your position or your pitch or your, you know, um, your deal based on those barriers so that you're removing the barrier before they come up, before that tension rises. Yep. No matter what you sell in any company, yep. I, I, I could interview your sales force and I will find out that there are probably five objections, yeah. give or take, that are the same objections mm -hmm. you get every time. So when I work with organizations, we build sales scripts mm -hmm. and processes around whatever those five objections are. Yep. Every single time. And we deal with them up front in a non-aggressive mm. uh, non manner yeah. so that I can overcome them later or you don't even have the opportunity to say them later. Mm. Like, quick example, uh, well, I'm just shopping right now, okay? And that's why I don't want to close a deal with you today. Well, when we very get, when we get the, the sales process very started, at the very beginning, I say, hey, why are you doing this? And when are you looking to do it? Mm. And so I want them to tell me why they're looking. Yeah. That gives me a, 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 something to use later yeah. on when they say they're not ready. And I ask them when they're looking to do it so they can't tell me later they're just shopping. Now, if they tell me they're just shopping up front, I'll say, well, then why are you yeah. doing this? I mean, it, how many people get out of bed, put their clothes on, and drive down to a car lot to shop for cars they're not yeah. looking for? How many people you know, get dressed and go out and go shopping for things that they're not actually looking for. That just, it's, it's very rare. So we know yeah. if somebody's talking to you, they have an interest. It's just a matter of you figuring out the why and the when, yeah. figuring out what the objections would be, overcoming them and then leading them where they want to go. Yeah. So, so what I'm hearing is from a negotiation perspective, it's about first understanding intent early in the process, understanding the motivation yep. and then removing as many potential objections as possible so that during that yeah. negotiation phase, you can move forward because you've addressed all their concerns earlier in the process. Yes. And it's all about the questions, right? The fact finding, the questions. Yeah. I ask questions until there's nothing left to ask. Yeah. And that's how I build my case. I, I, I tell people there really isn't a close. If you do a proper fact finding, you do pause for effect, you do check-ins, you get your positive affirmations, you make sure they understand and they have, you have addressed every single issue that you have found that they have. There is no real close yeah. because at the end I say, well, based mm. on what we talked about, this looks like what you're looking for. It's in the price range you want. It, it does what you want it to do. Yeah. I mean, we might as well go ahead and get this done for you. I mean, that's, that, 
it's not a big close. Yeah, absolutely. Nice because you've, you've done the process right. You're not having to use any manipulative close techniques or the Benjamin Franklin close. And- Pardon the interruption, but is your sales team not performing? You have leads, but your team struggles to close them. Well, we'll train you or your team on how to fill their own sales pipeline with ready-to-buy opportunities in under 60 days, guaranteed. Now, you're probably thinking, how does this work? Well, Luigi and I own a business called growforum.io. We're the fastest growing sales and coaching and training company in the B2B space. We work with B2B businesses that sell products or services, for example, Stripe, HubSpot, Grant Thornton, and Blue Rock are just a few of our clients. We work with your team, train them to self-generate their own qualified deals and keep them accountable with weekly sales coaching. Then we help you systemize your sales management so it runs on semi-autopilot. Keep in mind, we're not one of those expensive outsourced sales agencies. We're helping your team in your business so that you have total control. Visit growforum.io forward slash apply and schedule your free sales strategy review with us today. Now back to the show. Brian, this has been great. Um, I mean, look, for I, 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 to, I would love to continue and go, you know, deep into this, but obviously we've got a, we've got a time frame we've got to cover. Um, but Brian, I've really enjoyed this episode. Um, I don't know about you, Dave, but I think there's some really key takeaways here. Yeah, um, firstly, I want to go and look for businesses that Brian bought in that in that manner, and let's go and buy some businesses <laughs> like that, Dave. Because I reckon <laughs> that's awesome. Um, but look, Brian, thank you very much for coming on as a guest on the How to Sell podcast. Um, for our audience, make sure you click that link so that you can purchase the book um, because you know knowledge is power, and in 2024, your keys to success is building your capability around every aspect of the sales process. And, you know, negotiation is a key part, right? Um, and as as Brian said, you don't have to get to a point where you're using hardcore closing techniques if you facilitate the right process early. That's exactly right. David and Luigi, I appreciate you having me today. This was fun. Thank you, Brian. Well, Louis, that was an awesome chat with Brian. He just brought some real gold to the table, right? So as yeah. we do... Let's, let's flip it back. How would you apply this in the selling process? Well, look, I think the first thing is um, the big takeaway from that episode, Dave, um, and how can we apply this in the sales process is the negotiation part doesn't occur during the conversation. It actually starts before you enter the conversation. And if you take his story about buying the restaurant, which I absolutely loved, um, his research enabled him to really understand what was the best position that he could go into right? And I think for many sellers, we can sometimes, we sometimes skip that research phase. And then we get to the point of negotiating, or we get to that point of, you know, discussing the deal parameters, we are, are not presenting the best sort of scenario, right? Because we haven't done our research. So first thing, before moving into any sales process, any negotiation process, do your research so that you've got a clear understanding of the state of play. Second thing, which is key, right? Remove that emotion. Now, I loved what he shared because if you have a skinny pipeline, if you don't have many deals in the pipeline, you're going to try to hold on to every deal that you've got, right? 
And you are going to be emotional because you're going to be like, no, I can't lose this. And this is where desperation comes into it. And you'll give up anything to get that deal. And we see it all the time. We see, you know, I'll discount, I'll discount to get the deal done, right? But like Brian said, be prepared to walk away, but you can only be prepared to walk away if you've got other deals sitting behind, yeah? And have confidence knowing that you've got other deals sitting behind that deal. And, you know, we've all been there. I've been there where I didn't have many deals and I'm like, I really, really need this one to close. And, you know, regardless, maybe I, in my eyes, I didn't show that I was feeling like I needed it, but there is always that feeling that it's there. Like you behave differently, yeah? So I think the key to this as well, the other key takeaway is build yourself a strong pipeline so that you can you can walk away. And, you know, it's really interesting because that fear of missing out that he spoke about, and I've been there before as well where I've had a deal, they haven't been responding, they've been ghosting me, and I've gone back to them and said, hey, sounds like now's not a good time. I've got other projects. Thanks very much for your time. You know, um, if anything changes, let me know. And that has triggered an immediate response from the prospect who was ghosting me, yeah? So, yeah, they call it a takeaway close, but – Sometimes the best way to take action is to walk away from a deal. 